You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think we're going to open up the shutdown full cast this week by acknowledging that we are, in fact, a day late due to some logistical concerns. By logistical concerns, Ryan, we mean... Wine! Sweet wine! Alcohol. Joe, as the Chinese would say. We got behind schedule because there was some social drinking. That's why. So, this is why we're a day late, but we're here at the Internet's only college football podcast named the shutdown fullcast because there's other co- podcasts and we like them too for instance our friends at the solid verbal yay you should listen to them too dan and ty they're way better at this than we are but you're with us and if stuck they, if they recorded a day late i think ty i think ty would like spontaneously start bleeding out of all of his orifices that's good social strat right there <laughs> instagram that Look at what happens when we make Ty a day late. Do it for I the think, vibe. I think if they go a day late, everyone just pushes the week back a day late. That's it's right. Like, oh, no. to, I guess to, I guess Monday's a bank Ooh. holiday. This is uh, Spencer Hall. I'm editorial director of SB Nation. Uh, joining me from just across the hall through a series of glass panes is uh, Ryan Nanny of SB Nation. Say hi, Ryan. Hi. I am. I think I'm in the product room. I think this is where the people make the website. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. All right, get to it then. Yeah, they're they're not here, so you need to start making it. Shit. Um, off the hook for making the website for the day is uh, Jason Kirk, college football editor for SB Nation, joining us from beautiful... Uh, it is Kennesaw, Georgia, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Are you, are you outside today? Oh, uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's scalding hot. It's one of those... Walk back from breakfast at 9 a.m. days and take another shower days. Mm. 
the the my favorite summer phenomenon, the shower sweat day. Do you, I just learned what the what Kennesaw what the name comes from? Go on. C- comes from a Cherokee word meaning cemetery. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's metal as hell. You damn right. <laughs> you damn right. Also, one of the only towns in America that, by code, requires everybody to be a gun owner. It's true. That's that's not a joke. That I mean, I know we joke a lot on this show, so it's sometimes it's hard to tell. That's and an like, old law too. So Damn. Sometimes things we say, people say, well, "Did you guys really mean that?" No, 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 no. This is this is true. We can we can look it up. We don't make anything up. I'd like to open the show by by answering a reader question from Greg Wissinger at GWS on Twitter, which is Q. How are things? I don't know, man. They're pretty good. I'm in Washington D.C. this week, so they can only be so good. But we're pretty good. This is the bottom of the off season. This is the trough. We are in the great Sargasso Sea of content, where what passes for news are satellite camps, Jim Harbaugh shirtless. Right? There's an amazing number of people who have no idea what's going to happen when they get older because they saw Jim Harbaugh with the shirt off and they went, "Oh my God, he's so out of shape." That's a 50 plus year old man with his shirt off. That's what no. you have to look forward to. Go back and watch, like, a Harrison Ford action movie from, like, the early 90s. And that's what he – like, that's what action heroes used to look like. Just be like, oh, he doesn't have an obvious gut. He's in shape. 50s fit. 50s, 50s fit. fit. Yeah, where you just hiked your pants up to three inches below your nipples and sucked in your gut a little bit. And ta-da, you were Superman. I got to say, he doesn't have I, – I really thought he would have a little more arm definition than he does. Well, here's the deal with Harbaugh. Hot yoga. He came up in the era before weights. That's true. He's a lot a, of calisthenics. Like, yeah, like I, I bet he's a big believer in, well, just three glasses of milk and 100 push-ups a day. Whole milk. He has, he's commented on this. He has. We're not, again, we're not we making say this the whole. up. No. Yeah, he's brought whole milk to staff meetings, insisting that it would be Really, really good. Michigan, I repeat, you hired the most Michigan coach available. Good job. It happened. Jason Kirk, how are you? How are things? Uh, things are fine. <laughs> that's, what I'll, that's what I'll go ahead and I'll just stamp a fine on it. Fine. Super oh. hot. I mentioned that, but it bears repeating. And Ryan. Um, you know, your your comment about how this is the bottom of the offseason made me have sort of a unfortunate realization so i don't know if you two do this but the off season for me when it starts i'm like okay this is when i'm going to like better myself or expand my knowledge skill set whatever i'm going to do something in the off season and this is right about the point of year where i'm like oh yeah that didn't happen and, and it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no it's uh for me that point is like it starts like two or three weeks in and just continues. I just yeah. realized, like, n- nope. No, maybe, I can maybe I next can, year. I can delude myself pretty well up to Memorial Day, and then it's just like, oh, oh, wow. Well, there's. I guess I'm not reading that stack of books. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna get in shape to this level. I'm gonna read this number of books, you know, and all all this. Nah, nah. I'm gonna learn how to make my own pasta. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna learn how to paint. I'm gonna learn a martial art. Nope. Gonna no, watch. I'm no. gonna watch all the John Ford's films. You're barely gonna keep the yard trim. Yeah, 
I, it's like, well, I bought new shorts. Congratulations. I still haven't done that. Yeah, you're a disaster. I know. I got my new shorts. Check. Done. <laughs> Check. Bring it on. Bring on the season. Spencer's behind. I got to be honest. I actually this week said, man, I need to buy some, some shorts. And, <laughs> and the next thought in my head was this. Where do you buy shorts? You're so old. Wow. I don't. I don't. I'm so old. Uh, no, that I would have been like this at twelve. It this is like, well. This is why they invented Coles, because Coles is ideal for somebody who says, "Where do they sell that?" They have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. It may not be good. It may not be something that looks that nice, but they have it. Where do I buy a tchotchke? Coles. Coles. You can. Where buy do I buy Machiavelli brand sweatpants? Coles. Coles. Where do what I about... buy where do I buy an off-brand dialysis machine? Coles. Done. What it. about like a Clemson candelabra? Coles. Definitely Coles. I bet Dab- I... I bet Dabo goes to Coles all the time. Where do I buy a double boiler? I don't even know what that is. Coles. Do you think Dabo thinks he's endorsed by Coles? It's but possible. Like, it's possible. He's never signed anything. He's just Hi, I'm Dabo Swinney here in front of a Coles. Sir, could you please get out of the way? Sir, uh, I am a rewards member. <laughs> I'm part of the Coles Club. You get a free dialysis machine. <laughs> Which is, in South Carolina, that is pretty useful. That's a real, it's a miracle. Um, you can run that out of your house. Don't even need a license. Yeah, it's, this is the time of year when you start to realize that you're not going to get any of your grand goals done whatsoever. Nope. Fortunately, I've had children, so I've replaced any ambitions with merely surviving. So we're past that now. There's no aspirations. Now you're like, wow, I cleaned up. I found a two-day-old slice of pizza in the toy bin. Awesome. So you're just like Matt Damon in The Martian. I am. You're just charting days. You're just like, I just got to make it with these kids another 200 days. Move on from there. Exactly. I I have to get to football season. And I have to make food grow in this house of mine, you know, through a field that's made of nothing but Legos. That's that's what it's like living. <laughs> Do you <with> make <laughs> food grow in the house? Yeah, I have to make food grow in the house. Okay. Somebody says, oh, what about Instacart? No, you're not playing the game. Okay. We're talking about self-sufficiency. We're going to make it happen. The topic this week that I wanted to address is uh, it's not often one wants to talk about UConn football. It's not often one wants to talk about UCF football, but Bob Diaco, the second-year coach at UConn, decided he was going to make a rivalry. What, pray tell, who would UConn pick? If we were just going to make a rivalry and make some excitement happen, uh, would you look at Temple? They're right down the road. Sure. Maybe a Boston College. Sure. They're right there, too. Uh, you could choose any one of a number of mid-Atlantic partners, geographically relevant partners, places where fans could travel back and forth. Maybe, Jason, maybe even go with like a Tennessee, just to add in like the fun basketball element of it. Sure, Whatever. sure. You know, you could just make it a two-season rivalry. Yeah. Jason Kirk, who did they pick? Well, they went even closer. They went right, right round the corner to Orlando, picked up UCF. Okay, that's it's, it's really close. It's really, really close. Um, it's right down the eastern seaboard. 
Tech, he, yeah, yeah, you go there by a cargo ship. They have a lot of things in common, though. Um, for instance, Hartford and Orlando are both in the United States. Uh-huh. It's a great start. Um, medieval Times is a form of insurance, I believe. Yeah, that's true. They have that in common. They are only a short 18-hour and four-minute drive. A scenic drive at that. 1,192.9 miles. You do get to go to south of the border if you go that way. Hey, so they're not that. even they're, – they're in the same conference. Same time zone. What more do you need? Same conference. That, Are they? That Is that true? That means they'll play often. I don't, think, I don't think that's true. I think you made that I'm up. I'm pretty sure they're in the same conference. I'll agree to disagree. It, it, the Big Eastish one. Um, the uh, – you know, that one. The American, the, the, the most, literally, there we go. Remember what we said they have in common? They're both in the United States. Why is that important? They're in the American Conference. Yeah, the Big Easterly. Yeah, and this is a team, by the way, they've played, um, it's a storied rivalry because they have played twice. They played in 2013 and 2014. That's history. So it's, it's a continuing rivalry. It's uninterrupted is what you're saying. Correct. It is an uninterrupted problem. They, they love playing each other so much they've never called this game off. And you know what? Take that, Border War. Yeah, yeah take, I mean, take, that, take that Iron Bowl. A&M played Texas. You call that a rivalry? Mm-hmm. 48 times in my mind, 70 in my heart, zero on the field. Yeah, they've never taken a break from this rivalry. It's uninterrupted. I think what we're trying to say is that it's kind of dumb. It's a little dumb that you just sort of pick a rivalry out of a bag, particularly when, when asked about it, George O'Leary, UCF's head coach, knew nothing about it. Uh, what? Like that's that was basically his reaction. They built. Now, a- how does George O'Leary, O'Leary like embellish knowing nothing? Because like the man likes to stretch a stretch a tail a little bit. Is it like it's not just I don't know? But I've like, never even heard of UConn. No one has ever heard of UConn. Or like, I invented UConn. Connecticut left this union 10 years ago. I'm not even the coach at UCF. Oh, we have a rivalry with them? Well, we've beat them 100 times in a row. As president of the University of Central Florida, <laughs> I cannot endorse this. They even made a trophy. And well... In- they bought a trophy. Let's be clear. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the correct term is there is a trophy. We bought a zoo. I, the verb I would guess would be found, discovered, yeah, it, uncovered. It does. If you look at this trophy, and really, what better dis- topic to discuss on an audio podcast? It has the feel of a bowling trophy that you bought at a yard sale, and then you like peeled off the panels that said bowling, and you put on your team logos. Yeah, and the name they gave for this found trophy is this. They called it the Civil Conflict. <laughs> John John Grisham's Civil Conflict. <laughs> <laughs> Where the name comes from was apparently after they played uh, last season, Diaco said something like, hey, we ought to make this a rivalry. Call it the Civil Conflict. You know, because you're <laughs> calling so- throwing around the word Civil War, uh, talking about a North team and a South team. That could, could get heated unless it's yeah. within the state of Oregon. So it's almost like they just took his little like weird quote and decided, you know, it would be really cool if we made that tiny weird throwaway quote uh, like a big thing. 
Like it, it's it. like if he called, if he said something like, "Call it the, you know, I don't know, the whatever game." Then like, would they make a trophy, the whatever game? Like you couldn't even get a consistent, uh, you couldn't even get like a consistently interesting quote to base this off of, right? Like they ought to have a rivalry. Let's call it a rivalry. Then UConn UCF, a rivalry. Could have called it Husky Night. Husky. <laughs> Now that's how you do this. We, we play for the Yukon is better anyway trophy. <laughs> the Husky Knight, just this like portly fat dude in a suit of armor spilling, that they play for. Sp- spilling out of chain mail. Spilling out of chain this mail. This used to fit. <laughs> yeah. 20 years ago, I looked fucking awesome. Damn it, William the Conqueror. <laughs> just stick to the diet. Just I told stick- you we shouldn't have come to the Red Fair, Diane. Um, so the Ren Fair trophy between UCF and UConn is obviously really silly, but it did make me think that we need something like a, a kind of a check on on rivalries because I think the bar is too low for what we consider a rivalry, and we never actually like uh, revisit them or modify them or talk about whether they're actually real rivalries. And I'm not talking about your more obscure instances which are obviously not rivalries anyone knows about for instance hey did you know boston and college boston college and clemson have a rivalry and and they even have a trophy the o'rourke mcfadden trophy for it no you didn't know that because uh it's it's not a real rivalry that anyone really sort of pays attention to or has any currency and also clemson has beat them like four out of the last five years so it's not anything that you could actually apply any real heat to. But I kind of wanted to look around and just go, okay, well, what actually, what rivalries actually matter? Like, what, which, when somebody says, like, an old one, I'll just throw one out there randomly. When you say uh, Notre Dame USC, that's, I, I don't know who really, outside of a few partisans in there, that's not, like, a nationally uh, super important rivalry. And for a lot of reasons, but just there's just not much there in terms is of it, is that is that a rivalry? Do they do they play every year? I think yeah, they they play. They tend to play every now and then. Every, it's the it's the uh, the we lost to Stanford game basically. Exactly, it's the teams that aren't Oregon coming out of the Pac-12 rivalry. <laughs> That's the one that like. I mean, I, yeah, that that probably is the game that has the farthest disparity between what it's supposed to be, what your granddad thought it was, and, like, what it currently is. Because, like, that game at its point in the season, you know, Notre Dame has nothing to play for, and USC is maybe scrapping to win the Pac-12 South. There's just nothing on the line, you know, other than uh, old people like these teams. It's the perfect game for NBC to broadcast. Because, mm-hmm. because NBC is into, you know... Your, your thrift shop kind of, like, standards for their rivalries, right? Like, it was big in 1954, and for just $8, you can buy it again. USC. The Glenn Miller Orchestra presents. <laughs> Notre Dame, USC, live from the Coliseum. Like, that's... Live? <laughs> live! Okay. <laughs> Tape delayed! Tape delayed. <laughs> Announced Tuesday, by, prime time. You Anna- NBC. Announced, announced by John Tesh. Sponsored by the USO. Welcoming our boys back from fighting far and wide for liberty. Like that. Flash. National yeah. anthem sung by Paul Reiser. <laughs> what? NBC Synergy. Oh, okay. 
My three dads. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that to me doesn't really have like the kind of weight that it sort of once had. The Big Ten, like the Big Ten, does a good job in diffusing this because they have a trophy for everything. Oh my god, everything. So much garbage. So much garbage being passed back and forth across state lines. <laughs> but they kind of diffuse that by like, well, yeah, we got a we got a trophy for that. One that's very near and dear to the hearts of several people involved in this podcast, Tennessee, Florida. It's not it, it's not really it's not really a rivalry anymore. It it was. There was like a hot moment, but in terms of like overall rivalry heat, that's at like at best a one or two, with ten being the iron bowl, right? They have I mean these two teams have not even played that much. They've only played 44 times. Yeah. I like, mean, that's nowhere near two. <laughs> well, we, can't, we, we can't approach the purity of the UConn-UCF <laughs> one. Been diluted by actually playing. Now, when is the last time uh, that – is there, there's not a Tennessee-Florida trophy, is there? No. I'm, sh- I'm sure there is. But not I'm according sure to Wikipedia. It's not recognized, but I'm sure there's something. No, when, when is the last time the hypothetical trophy has actually changed hands? Uh, that would be... 2004? 2004. I was at that game. That was fun. Yeah. I mean, they haven't won in, you know, 10 years. But, but do you know where the first Tennessee-Florida game was played in 1916? I do not. Tampa, Florida. Which explains the cursed and devalued nature of this rivalry from the start why were they why was anybody doing anything in tampa like pre-penicillin it was cheap playing the balls that's what they's doing <laughs> please say that was like some sort of malformed bowl game that had to be i don't know i mean i assume they just went there because they're like yeah it's 1916 somehow gamestop is still here in tampa we'll go there get some cheap games it's beautiful Nintendo games of 1916. <laughs> Mostly racist. Mostly racist. Man, this whole Birth of a Nation game is just crazily racist. It's hard, too. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's like three hours long, too. Uh, but that's one that, like, like there are ones that do not, like, right now, you don't want to, like, classic rivalries, rivalries, there are some at the moment who just hold up. Like, Alabama-Auburn doesn't really... I think it was probably at its lowest point as a game that you would actually watch when Tuberville was just beating the dog off Alabama for mm-hmm. like five years straight. The like honk if you sacked Brody game is probably like the low point of that rivalry in terms of in terms of actually being something that you know the uninterested viewer, the uninvested viewer would watch. And for- even the thing about that game is like how low if it's scale of one to ten, how low can it really get? Six or seven? I mean, like, even if one team wins five years in a row, it's still the most important sporting event in our, um, what's the nicest way to say craziest? Uh, Craziest. Passionate? Our most passionate state. Our most passionate state. (laughs) Because when I think Alabama, I think passion. Passionate kisses. I don't know. I just thought of it. It's very hot. Did you bring Mary, Did you bring Mary Chapin Carpenter into this podcast? <laughs> I couldn't not. I'm sorry. My God. The but there are other ones too that I think are like I, I think Oklahoma Texas generally holds up. I know that they've had their foibles in recent it, years. It helps that Oklahoma Texas has the decency to be like, yeah, it's going to be a 12:30. It's not going to be great. 
we're not going to pretend like this is a must-see 7 o'clock event. Yeah, and the thing about that game is one team always obliterates the other, it's and up, it's yeah. it's usually the one the team that's bad that does it. Right. <laughs> it's a rivalry game that delivers in terms of like perdition and pain, right? It's and a game, Texas fans leaving early, right? Like when things go wrong in that game, it's a forty point slide, or Chris Sims gets up like annihilated by Roy Williams coming over on like a you know spring loaded like safety blitz in the end zone, like that's. It is, it is, this game is to each of these teams' season as, like, the corporate Christmas party is to your, a year at a job. So you can, like, you're Oklahoma, you've had a really good year at work, but all anybody talks about is how you pissed yourself at the Christmas party. And the equivalent <laughs> here is losing to Texas very badly. That's like the biggest anchor dragging down the Mac Brown era. Right. Right? Yeah, Our- yeah, yeah, Mac, Mac, you know. January to November, Mac was a hell of an employee. Christmas party rolls around. You're going to see his dick. Mr. Mr. March, Mr. Recruiting Champion, Mr. Football, Mac Brown. And those were not, like, not small losses. Now, if you were looking at a rivalry where, okay, I'm going to back up. We call it El Asico because oh. I am genuinely fascinated by the terribleness of Iowa and Iowa State every it's, single year. It's really beautiful. It is. And somebody, it's not like that game always hinges on like some last minute horrible thing. No, it hinges on like abominable play after abominable play. Mm-hmm. It's, it's early in the season. So everyone's healthy enough to go really hard, but they're not quite experienced enough or together enough to really play coordinated football. <laughs> it's, it's passionate. Which I don't think helps. I don't think that helps in terms of execution or people trying too hard. I would like to read some final scores from this series since 1980. So these are not like old ass football was a totally different thing. Are you ready? Okay. 10 7, 19 7, 10 3, 21 7, 17 10, 17 14, 15 13. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite, nine six. <laughs> Those are real scores. Oh, it's ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. Like that that's one that like I'm just fascinated by how much pain it inflicts on everyone. Mm-hmm. Including the uninvested viewer who just stops by and goes, Ooh, four turnovers from the winning QB. Awesome. I'm totally gonna go to this game one day. Absolutely. It's going to be amazing. How about this one? Um, The Rio Grande rivalry, New Mexico, New Mexico State, which used to have a trophy, the Maloof Trophy. If you're familiar with the name Maloofs, the the incompetent owners of the Sacramento Kings who made their money from casinos and all that and uh, tried to move the city back and forth around California, yep, it's named after their family. Sweet. <laughs> you say incompetent. They're wealthy, so I say eccentric. Eccentric. Sorry, sorry. That's uh, that's got to be the worst trophy I've ever heard of. I'm also like there are there are rivalries that I will ride for as being way better than than you think. Like I don't think the Golden Boot gets enough credit. Mm-hmm. I think Arkansas LSU. Um, like it has yeah. been, it has been lopsided because Arkansas has extreme ups and downs. 
Well, part of that is LSU fans are extremely snobby and refuse to admit that, that like, is anyone is their rival. Yeah. Like, if you say to an LSU fan, who's your rival, Arkansas? No, no, no. Ole Miss? No, no. A&M? No, no. Gout. Gout. Even, even Gout though the answer to all is Gout. yes. Like, they have an entire chant about Ole Miss, but no, no, not a rival. No, not, no, no. No, they're not, they're not yes, a rival. LSU, Arkansas, awesome rivalry. The, the Black Friday is usually uh, when that would happen. Now that's moved around. But, you know, anything with traditions like that, you know, and, and memorable games and the fans clearly hate each other. Yes, it's a rivalry. Also, end of the season, so you get the possibility of injury, uh, holiday distraction, and generally overlooking a mediocre opponent all combined into one unpredictable body. Remember that this is this is a game where Arkansas has leapt up from nowhere and sank its fangs, its tusks deep into the jugular of LSU uh, out of nowhere. That's happened a couple of times. It is shocking. This is the this is the team that like beat them with Casey Dick, if you'll remember, <laughs> at QB. I believe that happened one year when LSU was in a pretty good spot at the end of the year and did not ruin their season because, of course, LSU seasons are not ruined. They're just a little overcooked. And well, speaking of SEC rivalries, here's a, here's a little quiz. Um, which rivalry Wikipedia page does the following sentence come from? Okay. The rivalry is the most evenly matched in the SEC, with the series officially tied at twenty one twenty one. Now I am not looking. I am just going to go ahead and guess that that comes from a description of uh, Kentucky Vanderbilt. Very close. This is Kentucky, Mississippi State, <laughs> which is, of course, the throwaway cross-division game between the two leftover schools after everybody else more or less made sense with their cross-division rivals. Yeah, like that South Carolina A&M rivalry is like... That's, I don't, just, that's I, just the new guys' bowl. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's just the new guys' bowl. Like, oh, you were in the ACC for a long time, and... You were in the Big 12, and I don't know, you both like farm animals. Okay. Yay. Go ahead. I mean, Syracuse apparently has a rivalry with West Virginia. Uh, I, do tell? I, I guess that's the thing. <clears throat> I mean, not anymore, because they're not going to play. And I can't imagine that either one of those teams is clamoring. Because Syracuse-West Virginia is... The one rare instance where neither team is excited to go to the other. Like, the fa- if, you're, if you live in Morgantown, you're not like, oh, yeah, we're going to Syracuse. And if you live in Syracuse, you're not like, oh, yeah, we're going to Morgantown. Yeah, I feel like both ways it's like... That's- it's a prison transfer. <laughs> like if you're if you're if you're a West Virginia fan, like oh yeah, let's get up and go to go to Syracuse. It's um, a town of about the same size. Doesn't have any hills left to change our tires and our shoes. Probably can't hunt. Now there there are rival- West Virginia has a couple of rival- rivalries of varying uh, quality that are sort of on hiatus. There's the West Virginia Penn State series, mm-hmm. which if you look. Um, it wasn't really that exciting a rivalry because it usually just ended with Penn State like cleaning the floor with West Virginia. Then there's the the one that I actually want, and I will show you now as an example of how to completely botch a rivalry is Virginia Tech and West Virginia. The Black Diamond Trophy. The Black Diamond Trophy, right? 
which is it's, it's about skiing or paintball one of the two it's you know what best part it's it's about all of it it's meant to symbolize cold but it just keeps going mm-hmm. right um and that and also black diamond could be about amphetamines so or, or uh, snakes yeah or snakes so it's everything we've got all kinds of stuff um but that is that's a rivalry that they have screwed up because they did not play it enough. It's pretty even. West Virginia leads like historically twenty eight, twenty two, uh, and one. All right, they played fifty one times. That qualifies to me as a pretty good rivalry. And they're going to play it again. And guess where they're going to play it? I don't know. I'm afraid to ask. Uh, they're, they're playing at the Redskins Stadium or something dumb play, like that. They're playing at goddamn FedEx, FedEx Field. Field. In Landover, Maryland. I'm sorry for saying the name of that football team. It's all right. We'll edit it out in post. Thank you. Yeah. It, but then they are then they are doing a home and home after that. They in, are in 2021 and 2022. 2021 and 2022. Frank Beamer will still be there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to pry him out with the chisel. How many coaches will WVU go through in that time <laughs> with Frank still on the throne in Blacksburg? Like four. I'm gonna. I, my realistic answer, like no lie, that's a that's three. They're gonna go through three. That, that's probably plausible. Sounds that's right. Probably, three and a half is the tough over under there. Yeah, I think you get the half when like the interim gets the right. head coach fired. Right. Yeah, could we count like? I mean, some interims count for more than a half, right? Like if it was uh, Joe Kynes, I know he's retired, but if you get Joe Kynes, I'm giving you a point seven five for an interim there. He's like point seven five of an interim coach. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be hard on you, West Virginia. If it's John L. Smith, that's point two five. That's under. It's that's not even a whole coach. Not even half a coach. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there you go. Playing a fantastic rivalry in two absolutely incredible game environments and taking it to where football, hope, and dreams go to die, FedEx Field. But first they get sued. And, yeah, but first they get, but first the lawsuit. But first they get sued and everyone gets lukewarm Johnny Rockets lunchboxes. Um, I, I have found what I think is the cuddle, cuddliest rivalry out there. That would be a little something called the Textile Bowl. That's uh, Clemson NC State. Uh, yeah, and per the Wikipedia description for this, uh, let's see. The rivalry is usually considered good-natured due to how similar the two universities are in terms of mission, academics, and fans. In the days and weeks leading up to the game each year, both universities host special programs and events promoting each other's textile programs. It's oh man, I just heard like chickens clucking and cows mooing. That whole description. <laughs> <laughs> this this really this is like a Judy Garland musical of a bowl game. Now they're like waving banners made of different textiles <laughs> and. Welcome, yeah, yeah. Clemson. You are our friends. <laughs> like, I think, like, and I know, like, there are some rivalries that, for me, the, the record doesn't really matter. Throw the record out. I, where I actually believe that. Like, there's one or two of them where I, I buy that. Like, Clemson, South Carolina, I don't think that's ever, like, the most violent rivalries are often between two groups of people who are basically the same people. Mm-hmm. And will swear to you up and down that they are not. Absolutely, yeah. There are some where there are clear differences culturally, demographically, whatever, but I, I totally agree. The very best ones are where they don't even have to cross those boundaries. There's no translation whatsoever. The, the, the expletives, they, they launch at each other. They know immediately what they mean. You're referring to a bum fight. That's what a bum fight is. I'm not the bum! No! <laughs> 
He's the bum! And they're both, obviously, they're both all, the bum in bum fights. We're all bums. Yeah. But, like, South Carolina, Clemson, I don't really care what the record is there because I know that these two extremely similar groups of people will mm-hmm. be at each other's throats, and we have the real live and precedented possibility of an on-field brawl. On-field, in the stands, outside the stands. My favorite thing about this rivalry is they also have a blood drive competition <laughs> that, like, and they market it, like, brilliantly. Like, who's going to spill the most blood? Like, <laughs> they, they, they really get, like, how a blood competition should be termed. Do you think anybody on either side of that rivalry has shown up to the blood drive with just a few bags of unmarked blood and be like, this counts. Undoubtedly. This is, counts. Is this human blood? It's blood, ain't it? What are you, a cop? You what, said are you some blood. sort of blood cop? What are you, what are you a Clemson fan? <laughs> Listen, Blade, I don't have to take this shit from you. <laughs> this, guy, this guy here, he must be a Wofford fan. <laughs> hey, listen, I have blood. I drove here. That's a blood drive. That's, hey. what, I'm, that's what I'm told this is. Take your college Charleston ass out of here. Speaking of blood, uh, this game is also played for the Hardy's Cup, I believe it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is perfect. Just speaking of uh, body parts splashing on the ground. (laughs) Another one that really, like, outpunches its record because it's a lopsided series with a clear historical advantage. And I don't think the game itself is what I'm talking about, but the animosity and sheer vitriol surrounding the third Saturday in October between Alabama and Tennessee, like, they, they, they still care. Like, Tennessee fans still care. They, they know it's miserable, but they will still make sure to tell you exactly how awful everything is about Alabama every time they come in contact. And you get the Alabama fan who wants to tweak Auburn by saying, actually, I think Tennessee's our biggest rival. Oh! <laughs> and Tennessee's like, just leave us alone. <laughs> no, don't, don't turn. It's like the eye of Sauron. Turn to you. Look at you. you. No, focus on Auburn. <laughs> go look at it. Oh, my God. Go focus on the trees. No, this is no, Lord of the Rings. Look. UAB did something again. Look at them instead. <laughs> look at them. <laughs> Go stare over there, buddy. <laughs> oh, we just got the crops planted again. God damn it. Butch Jones does yeah, look a little hot. He looks a little hobbitish. I mean, sure. Yeah. I don't remember a hobbit with that particular hairstyle, but I'll go with it. Well, I mean, uh, it, he's he's like, is he shorter than Saban? I mean, I know that's, that's not, that's not <laughs> like that. Oh. They are really similar in height. Yeah, but you got to admit that like kind of ear length almost sort of jaw-length hair on most hobbits, that's basically your Tennessee and Alabama undergrad haircut, is it not? Little shaggy, like just church long. Frodo's got, yeah, Frodo's definitely got Bama Banks. I guess what I'm wondering is, is Saban a hobbit who is, has infiltrated Mount Doom? Yeah, but there's more than one true ring at Bama, know what I'm saying? Roll time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We nice. got got 28 of those. Well done. 37 rings to rule all yours, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Real bad. Uh Finally, the the one that I that I really do like, the only rivalry I've been to where I You're actually talk about Navy SMU. Mm-hmm. You read you gotta my Got to get that Gantz <laughs> trophy. Sorry, go ahead. My mind is a pamphlet and you just read it. Um Texas and uh Texas A&M because I, that's the only one where I thought like maybe things were too emotional, because they, they still are. 
Yeah, I've never seen two like like I really wish they would just kiss and make out and be happy cuz cuz they're really that was emo- like going to that last game. It sounded it really did sound like family law. It sounded like, you know, I just he just doesn't give me enough credit. They just don't understand what we're going through. Why'd they leave? Why he don't want me? Like that was that was really the reaction from a lot of AM and Texas fans. They just like like I would sit there and like on a corner, right, on the AM campus where they would just sit there and talk and it sounded like two people breaking up. Like like when like like serious breakup, like divorce breakup. Yeah, that's what it was. And like uh neither has found a new partner. No. Yeah. no. All, all, you know, they've sort of found new sad pieces that uh, they they would like the other to think are actual full pieces, but no, no, no. We we know both of y'all are eyeing, you know, eyeing the other with both eyes, and everyone did, can see it. I did like that the Texas legislature attempted to pass a bill requiring Texas and a- Texas A and M to play each other every year. Oh God, they're they're Tammy and Ron, aren't they? It, it died in committee. They are. They are. They're Tammy too and Ron. Tammy too and Ron. <laughs> <laughs> with Texas just sitting there in the front row with no underwear, going, "Hey, Ron." I was gonna say that does make that makes Texas A and M Ron, right? Yeah, because yeah, ultra con- I mean, ultra we're... conservative, right? Nothing's changed yeah. in like yeah. forty years. Like, which of these is going to be better at woodworking, Texas A&M yeah, or Texas? that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Whereas Texas is sort of, you know, you get the, 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 the floosiness, probably better at drinking fruity things. Mm-hmm. Probably has slashed another woman's tires. It kind of runs like a, like, mafia, like the library mafia, which is mm-hmm. basically what another good code name for, like, the Big 12, right? Like, quietly controlling everyone through a series of carefully leveraged fees. Yep, that's Texas. So glad we figured that out. Jesus. We have a re- well, do, we have, do we have a reader question, Jason? A reader question? Yeah. You got you got one you want to talk about this week? Uh well, hang on, hang on, hang on. It got apparently there is a big US soccer thing that just happened. Mhm. So the, the we got deluged in US soccer questions, but there was one that caught the eye. I do like um, that people ask those questions as if they actively don't want their question to be asked on the full cast. Well, they're they're just fired up. They're excited. That's That's anybody cool. anybody else have one while I hunt? Uh, yeah, I have one. This is a question from Nate Edwards at Nate G Edwards on Twitter. Uh, other than Florida, and I assume that is directed at Spencer and myself. Jason, of course, of course, is a Kennesaw State fan through and through. What team do you always root for that you would never admit that you root for? And it's that last part that's tricky because, like. Baylor is a team that I pretty consistently root for, but I have no problem admitting, like, hey, I root for Baylor. So if we're talking about a team that I consistently root for that I would feel weird admitting that I root for, uh, I'm probably going to say Boston College. Oh, my. Yeah. It feels weird. Is that that because of Adazio? It's a little bit because because of Adazio, and it's a little bit because like Boston College used to be a thing, and it wouldn't be so bad if they were a thing again. And it's also because Boston College does a good job of like fucking things up for one or two teams a year. 
sometimes one of those teams is Boston College, but still. Uh, I have a hard time admitting how hard um, I will sometimes pull for – God, this is, this is like – it's kind of painful to say because I don't want them to, to – like, all right, this is a team. If I just start to paint the picture, you're going to yeah. be able to guess who this is. Okay. Um, they're a fan base that you really don't want their attention. Okay. <laughs> okay. So right. I've narrowed it down to like 30 teams. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're in the SEC. Okay. Okay. They are traditionally a program that considers themselves to be far more important than they actually are. Okay. And their coach is a damn lightning rod of just bro-hemishness uh, and, and open tomfoolery. And it's it's Arkansas. Sorry, like it's wow. Yeah, like I really love watching that Belama Arkansas team, but I don't really want Arkansas fans to think I'm even closer on their side because because right. that that's when they stab you. And two, uh, I'm pretty sure Belama's going to do something dumb. I don't know what it is, but it's Arkansas. People just do dumb things there, okay? And not just Bobby Petrino. And three. I know it's not going to end well, so I don't want to get too affectionate or friendly with it. And four, they play a style of football that I'm, I'm generally, like, not feeling. But I like it when they do it. So that's my – it's Arkansas. Who like, I, like, liking Arkansas feels like a mistake. I mean, it doesn't – who's it paid off for recently? <laughs> uh, who's, who's, the, who's, who's the Arkansas fan who's sitting prettiest? Is it Jerry Jones? Because that's a weird ceiling. Uh, A&M fans got to see Texas lose. So, oh, my God. So them? Whew. That's, yeah, that's bad. What about uh, – now, Ryan, do you, do you have a team that you are just – you're like, okay, I'm – like, seriously, not like the, ooh, guilty pleasure. Because guilty pleasure is kind of a, like – it's kind of a cowardly term because you're really just saying something that you like. Right, but a team that you like, that you're actually like genuinely conflicted about, don't want to like, you don't want to push it out there. Jason, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. God, were yeah. you were you asking me? No, I was asking Ryan. Oh, okay. It keeps dropping me. Sorry. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. Okay, so Ryan, is there a team? Is there a team that you know you you don't want to get out there? Other than Boston College. Yeah, because like I don't know if anyone's gonna be like, you think about that, Jason. Do do you have one? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got I got one that'll uh that'll probably upset you quite a bit. Um, I mean I think Bama is awesome. Just the the way they play, the t- level of talent they have, um, the massive stadium, the noise it can generate. I don't really root for them. I don't really root for anybody. Uh. You know, outside of like, I like this team this season, or I like this coach or this player or whatever, but just like the way Bama plays under Nick Saban and when they're at their best is just awesome to watch as long as they're not losing to Ohio State. I got a weird one. I kind of like, in, in, a, in a part of my soul that I don't fully understand, I keep hoping Indiana football will be a thing. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know why either. I don't know why that is because there's plenty of evidence to the contrary. You're talking about the SEC East champs. SEC East champions, Indiana Hoosiers. And I don't think I would actually like to spend a lot of time with Indiana fans. I could be wrong. 
but it just doesn't feel that way. So I don't know why I like secretly when it whenever like Indiana is winning a game 10-7 early in the first half, there's a part of me that's like they're going to do it. Got <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> yeah, like the team that you irrationally like right. you're like, yeah, man, cuz I mean I I don't think it's an uncomfortable statement because Colorado's a very pretty place. Right. And they were very good when I was, you know, coming of age. Uh, but Colorado, you know, I, I'd i be really happy. But I don't feel like there's no discomfort in me saying that. Like, if I liked Alabama, it would be a problem because I don't really like anything they do other than kick ass, which they do a lot of, right? But when I look at, like, Arizona State and I'm like – Man, what a reprehensible dude Todd Graham allegedly is, and what a like loud, sunburnt fan base, and what a what an awesome thing they are when they're good. <laughs> like when that team is really good, they're really fun to watch. And I know that like it's all in service of like Todd Graham. So, but you know when they're really good, they're awesome. And then when you depend on them, they like you know get blown out by UCLA at home or whatever. Well, there's like I think Arizona State is they have that quality. I think they can sort of co-opt Todd Graham's greasiness. Because, like, last year when they played Notre Dame and Eric Colson threw, like, 17 pick sixes in the first quarter or whatever it was, and, like, hey, look, you know, Notre Dame's getting rocked by Satan in, like, full view of the sun. At that point, Todd Graham, you know, dressed in all black, bad guy, that was pretty awesome. There's also, I mean... Assuming he makes it to through this season and the next and into the next one at Arizona State, it will officially be the place he's been the longest. Yeah, and like he he will kind of almost have that stank off of him. Then he's going to do something to just completely reverse all of this goodwill we have. And that think, would be yeah, that's, an, have, that's an NFL job. Oh yeah, <laughs> he'll have that stank off him like he should. You know what I mean? But right. like, nah, nah, that's. That's his thing now. He'll be there for 47 years and they'll have statues of him. And, oh, 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 he's leaving any minute. Uh-oh. <laughs> his job came open. That's Todd what... Graham died three years ago, but he's going to go for it. Classic Graham. A classic Todd Graham move. Faked his own death to accept the Chargers job. <laughs> it's amazing. Also, like Arizona State, I know, too. Like they, They're actually like Todd Graham secretly. Like If you talk to coaches who've worked under him. Um, he's kind of demanding and like not super warm and cuddly, but he lets them run whatever they want. You know, like you forget that Malzahn, you know, worked under Graham. You forget that like Herb Hand worked under Graham. Like a lot of really, you know, assistants who are considered pretty influential now worked under him. And they all like, you know, they're not like, yeah, you know, he's the greatest dude. But in terms of letting them take chances and run stuff, you know, Arizona State, they're the team that tries stuff. They're the team that does different things if you watch on the field. Now, they might be different things they took from somewhere else, but they're still doing them, you know? And they're just kind of, you know, lovably erratic down the stretch, i.e. they're a Pac-12 team. So, uh, Jason, do you have another one? Is there anyone else that, like, besides besides Bama, that you're like, okay, that, that's, that puts me in a bind, but I still like them? Yeah, I mean, as far as teams I, like, you know, root for, like, that's going to change from year to year. Um there's none I really feel bad about or I feel are ideologically opposed to. Uh, can I can I flip this question? Is there a team either of you root against that you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of shitty of me, but it's just who I am. Georgia State. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you went. Okay. You went. You went all the way down the ladder for that one. Okay. Yeah, which uh, it can it can go one and eleven just fine without anyone rooting against it. Um, and to be fair, I've had fine times at Georgia State games. Their little Tuesday night opener, whatever it is, uh, that tends to kick off the FBS season against some Division nineteen opponent that comes down to the last play anyway. Always a good time, uh, but. You know, just for, at, at some point, the, their, their fans, you know, got really, really cocky about like, you know, we're going to go straight to the SEC. We're going to go straight to the NFC South. We're going to be in the Premier League in no time when they barely even had a football program. And I'm, I'm just never going to get over it. But luckily, they're barely FBS. So it's, it's not really like, um, you know, I'm biased against a team that matters or anything like that. That's true. That's very big of you. Yeah, uh, I, I save it all for when it doesn't count. The team I have that I root against and probably feel worse about it for, it might be Utah. Like, Utah didn't do anything wrong, but I just, I've, I haven't watched a Utah game and found a reason to pull for them. And there's almost always a Pac 12 team that I would rather root for when Utah is playing. So I probably am unintentionally rooting against them in almost every game they play, except when they played Michigan. That was fun. I, except when they were the only fans left in Michigan. <laughs> the only, yeah. Except when they, yeah. Yeah, it, when they were obviously displaying valor. That was pretty great. In deplorable weather. The team that I root against for no particular reason, I really don't have it. I, I like their fans. I've been there. But, man, when, like, when Virginia Tech is putting like a 10-9 skunk <laughs> in that like noon spot, Right in an ACC conference game, I'm like, oh, get the fuck out of here, Frank Beamer. God, do I have to watch another game where you are just praying for a blocked field goal that you're not even going to get because you're not even that great at special teams anymore? Yeah, it is the Jepsons Malort of football. Yeah, I mean, and I'm conflicted because I like a lot of stuff about Virginia Tech and I love their defense. I just hate watching them attempt to move the ball. Yeah, they don't love it either. No, but they, yeah, I mean, like, I think they get that. If you went to a Virginia Tech fan, you're like, man, I hate watching your team. I, I mean, I love your stadium. I like your, your, your delicious turkey legs you sell at the concession stands. Um, I even like your coach, you know, like from a personality and like achievement perspective. Um, but, and I, I hate watching your team play. When the, uh, earlier this week, there was a gift going around of, some robot competition and somebody made gifts of like the robots failing and like falling over. That's yeah. thought the same thing. I'm when like, that that's... happened, like I saw multiple Virginia tech fans like, Oh yeah, this looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a couple that were just Loffler. Oh yeah. That's Logan Thomas. Honda made us a Logan Thomas and it doesn't work. <laughs> Tipping over, over, over. <laughs> Interception. And there, that's perfect. We're just in there. <laughs> Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.